SBS Radio. Bulletin community groups bring self-determination for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the electoral campaign. And Labour reveals it won't plan a review to increase the job seeker rate. And a 70-year-old man has died while waiting for treatment at a hospital in regional Victoria. Self-determination for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is a key area community groups are demanding improvements in. If Labour wins the election, it's committed to hold a referendum on an, on an Indigenous voice to Parliament within its first term of government, consulting with First Nations people about the timing and detail of the poll. While the coalition is also committed to recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the constitution, it is yet to set a date. The Uluru statement from the Heart leadership says a referendum should be held on one of two significant dates for First Nations people, the 27th of May 2023 or the 27th of January 2024. Kobo, Kobo woman Professor Megan Davis, co-chair of the Uluru Dialogue, stresses an Indigenous voice is long overdue. The issue is really clear for us and that is we are not at the table when laws and policies are made about our communities and our lives. It's a really fundamental point that Australians are connecting with and have for five years. You know, the most recent absurd example of this is the rollout of the vaccine, where nobody in the Commonwealth bureaucracy thought for one second, or the state and territories, that you needed an Indigenous person at the table. And this is after closing the gap, iteration number two, um, was negotiated. Sophie Trevitt, Executive Director of First Nations-led justice organisation Change the Record, says addressing the systemic drivers of disadvantage among Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities is also a need to be a, that needs to be a priority for the government. Those are things like decent affordable housing, social security payments that are above the poverty line, that First Nations legal and family violence prevention services are adequately funded, and specific measures around justice reform and black deaths in custody. And what we saw um, from the budget was that none of these key areas were addressed in in any sort of um, meaningful way. The Federal Court has recognised the Waka Waka people's native title claims in southern Queensland after a lengthy legal battle. The group are the third largest Aboriginal community in Queensland and they first lodged a native title claim back in 1997. Justice Darryl Langia says the native title recognition will help this Indigenous community both survive and thrive. The included areas are northeast of Dalby as well as an area west of Madbara and Gympie. A powerful Northern Territory Land Council has raised concerns over low voter enrolment in many Indigenous communities. Direct automatic enrolment using data from Centrelink, the Australian Tax Office and motor vehicle registries has been implemented across the country to add voters to the electoral roll. But the Northern Territory Council says as many as 40,000 people could could have been left off the roll in the Northern Territory because the Australian Electoral Commission hasn't applied the policy in remote Aboriginal communities. It means about 30% of eligible residents aren't registered to vote just six weeks out from the federal poll. 
A new survey has found primary school children in Australia would rather learn a local indigenous language than Japanese, Mandarin, French, Italian, German or Indonesian. The Children's Voice survey from Know Your Country also reveals a majority of parents feel it much, it's much more important to learn about Australia's First Nations peoples and their culture in school than ancient Egypt. 85% of children surveyed overall say they, they enjoy learning about First Nations peoples and cultures, which increases to 92% for those who have direct contact from local member of the indigenous community. Labor announced last month it would commit $14 million over three years to employ a First Nations language and culture teacher in 60 schools if it wins government at the upcoming election. And Lep is focusing on health policy on day three of the election campaign targeting Liberal health marginal seats in Melbourne. The opposition has announced a $135 million plan to open 50 urgent care clinics across Australia to ease the burden on hospitals and GPs. But Labor has also revealed it won't plan a review to increase the job seeker rate, which currently stands at $46 a day, a figure advocates say is well below the poverty line. Leader Anthony Albanese says this could be reviewed later. Every time uh, governments do a budget, they should look at uh, what is uh, responsible and uh, do what they can to help those in need. If we are fortunate enough to form government, uh, we will form government at a time where debt's heading towards a trillion dollars, uh, whereby you can't repair all of the damage or do everything that you want to do uh, immediately, you'll be fiscally responsible. The Smart Energy Council has criticised the federal government's announcement of $250 million to oil refineries to strengthen Australia's fuel supply. The industry body, which advocates for renewable energy, hydrogen and electric vehicles and zero transmission transport, says Australia only has enough petrol and diesel to last two to three weeks with the country's national fuel reserves located in Texas in the USA. Smart Energy Council Chief Executive John Grimes told SBS News that the funding will not address Australia's ongoing fuel security crisis. Well, that's really a drop in the ocean. If we were to get serious about stockpiling the fuel that we needed, it would cost billions and billions and billions of dollars. Sure, you know, um, funding for short-term solutions is fine, but the long-term solution to this, it's a structural problem. We need to remove our dependence on foreign petrol and diesel, and we need to become more self-sufficient in the fuel that we create. The Disability Royal Commission has heard disturbing evidence about the extent of neglect and abuse in supported employment settings. Catherine McAlpine from Inclusion Australia says one of the rationalists for the birth of selected workshop, workshops in the 1950s was the disabled people would be safer there than in mainstream employment. But Ms McAlpine says experience has shown that this is not the case. What they do is provide settings where support workers can exploit people, where people can be, um, you know, experience violence and abuse, and that it's just hidden. People are routinely not listened to, they're routinely not taken seriously, and they're and then when they are, no action is taken. The Royal Commission has also heard evidence that people with disability are working for wages that equal as little as $2.27 per hour. 
A 70-year-old man has died while in the care of paramedics as he waited for treatment at a hospital in regional Victoria. The patient was tra transferred to Bensdale Regional Health on Monday but died on a stretcher from cardiac arrest. Ambulance Victoria says it is working with the hospital to review the case and it's believed no beds were free at the time. The ambulance union says the emergency department was overwhelmed and a three to four hour wait is uncommon in the regions. Ukrainian community organizations are questioning why the federal government will not provide support groups with a list of people arriving into Australia who are escaping the conflict in Ukraine. The Australian Federation of Ukrainian Organizations has established a database for people to register for support once they arrive after identifying a gap in the system and a lack of direct government help. Yana Slipetsky from the Association of Ukrainians in Victoria has told SBS News that although the government has been fast with tourist visas, new arrivals are still searching for housing and work. She says once the government grants humanitarian visa access for Ukrainians, they'll have the right to work in Australia. They have no access to Centrelink Medicare. They don't have the right to work. And uh, this has created a little bit of a, um, a flow-on effect. The Home Affairs Department has been contacted for a response. U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to announce further military assistance to Ukraine, equivalent to one billion Australian dollars in its fight against the Russian invasion. Addressing the rising fuel costs that have resulted from Russia's attacks and subsequent sanctions on its oil exports, Mr. Biden has for the first time described the Kremlin's actions in Ukraine as a genocide. I'm doing everything within my power by executive orders to bring down the price and address the Putin price hike. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide in a half a world away. Mr. Biden is addressing the U.S. oil shortage by authorizing release of one million barrels per day for the next six months from the country's strategic petroleum reserves. Legislators from the ousted Imran Khan's political party have quit en masse from the lower house of parliament as the National Assembly confirmed Shahbaz Sharif as Pakistan's new prime minister. The new leader is the younger brother of three-time president Nawaz Sharif who was barred by the Supreme Court in 2017 from holding public office and then went abroad for medical treatment after serving just a few months of a 10-year jail sentence on corruption charges. Senior leader of the Arik and Shaf party, Shah Mahmoud Qureshi, said the members of Khan's party did not recognize his election as legitimate. With the consultation of our leader Imran Khan, we colleagues of the Turek e Insaf party decided not to participate in this unjustified election process and are announcing a resignation from the National Assembly seats. It's feared that the mass resignation could unleash further political turmoil following an already week-long constitutional crisis that climaxed on Sunday when Mr. Khan lost a no-confidence vote. And back home, delays in the claims process for Defence Force veterans has been linked to higher suicide rates amongst injured former and current members. The Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide has been told that paper 
paper pushing at the Department of Veterans Affairs is slowing the claims process, leading to delays and frustration as injured veterans await the finalization of claims sometimes for years. Monique Hamilton from the Department of Defense says there has been a move away from an entirely paper-driven claims system in a bid to improve processing times, but more than two-thirds of records are still to be digitized. She told the inquiry it will take years to complete the process because of the age of the paperwork. These files um, date back some time. The paper is not all uniform. Uh, it has faded over time. The, the state of the files is, is varied. Um, so it takes on average seven hours to digitise a member's file. Uh, where they've served 30 to 40 years, it can take upward of 20 hours. And to sport, Andrew McDonald has been announced as the new coach of the Australian men's cricket team. After an impressive impressive interim stint in the position, where he guided Australia to a Test Series 1-0 win against Pakistan, McDonald has been officially offered a four-year contract. The former all-rounder, who played four tests in 2009, replaced Justin Langer in February after the Australian greats' messy departure from the coaching role. McDonald joined Australia's coaching team as Langer's senior assistant in 2019 after leading Victoria and the Melbourne Renegades to titles in 2018 and 2019. And now, having a look at the weather around the country, this Wednesday afternoon, Broome, a sunny day, 36, Perth, partly cloudy, 25, Adelaide, similar conditions, 25, Melbourne, partly cloudy, 18, Hobart, much the same, 19, Albury, Wodonga, sunny day, 22, Canberra, a shower of 2, 19, Wollongong, showers easing, 20, Sydney, showers, 22, Newcastle, showers, 23, Brisbane, a mostly sunny day, 30, Townsville, mostly sunny, 31, Cairns, a shower of 2, 31, Alice, Springs sunny 35, Darwin a shower of 2 and possible storm on the top of 34 degrees and the Torres Strait Islands a mostly cloudy day on the top of 31 and that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.